You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Welcome to the RUV English podcast. My name is Darren Adam. Thank you very much for your company. Today, I, I'm in Hapnafjörða and I'm with Anthony, who is from California, and he is going to be very kindly my new Icelander for today and tell me about his journey from California to Iceland and why he has made this amazing country his home. And we sit here in the shed, Anthony, which is your curated space. You're from California, your wife is Icelandic, Ir, and you have curated an amazing space here, which I think blends Californian and Icelandic influences. We'll maybe get into that in the conversation, but why Iceland from California? Yeah, so, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, that's, it's actually great that you noticed the blend of California and Iceland in this space because, <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So w- when I when I first came to Iceland, uh, 2009, I was actually working on an art piece um, that I was showing in a gallery in San Francisco, and I had had some friends who uh, played in some bands here, and uh, I'd seen Sigur Rós a few times and on tour and knew some artists from here, and there was something about Iceland that kind of drew me. Uh, and and I needed to find it out for myself. So first came, went straight to uh, Snifelsness, stayed there for a few weeks, uh, and then found myself back a few months later. Mm. And then I was at, in the West Fjords. So and it was in a weird time of my life. I, I just uh, became newly single and uh, was working for Apple computers, actually at quite a young age and was doing quite well and uh, but was focusing on my artwork mm-hmm. as well. And so I had to kind of make this uh, interesting decision at the age of like 24, 25. Do I stay living in San Francisco? I'd lived in LA, come from a small town. Uh, city life wasn't for me, mm-hmm. I had noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was then offered a position for the Tate Modern actually to help design like, a, like an iPad app. And, you know, so, and you, you may not know this about me, but I, I've always decided to wear a few different hats. So, you know, on one side, I've always been kind of this, uh, you know, I studied photography mm-hmm. and design. And, uh, but then on the side, always been focused or interested on my personal artwork, which has been like installation work, like video and sound installations. And, uh, and then also, as like a kind of a fun thing to do, which I've done for since I was young, is like uh, acting and modeling. And, you know, I've just decided to never go fully into each one. Yeah. That is, that's a very Icelandic approach to life though, isn't it? <laughs> to do lots of different things. Yeah, exactly. So I think I fit in quite well here when, you know, I wasn't just an accountant. <laughs> um, okay, so, so that takes us up to, to 2009 when like so many people... You felt drawn to Iceland. There was something about the country. Maybe you didn't know much about it other than the music. I think that was your sort of routine. Yeah, music so, art, yeah. so, so 2009, you come here, you're in the West, and then you're in the Westfjords. Let's pick up the story from there. Yeah, yeah so obviously 2009 in Iceland was also an interesting time because yes. there wasn't a lot of tourism. So I remember being out, like, in the Westfjords, and, you know, this was... You weren't really using Google Maps to tell you where to go everywhere. Yeah. And so I remember like taking a few wrong turns and going, 
huh, let's go end up at this farm and see, see if they know where we're going. And then the guy's just uh, looking at me like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, how, like you're from California. Why, why are you here? Well, I just actually at the time, and this is kind of hilarious and it's completely true. I was trying to look for this, uh, this uh, little shipwreck that I had seen oh. and knew about this place, uh, had contacted the people. It's an uh, amazing place that even Icelandic people didn't know at the time. Uh, it's called Djupavik. And so, I mean, I was, I was literally like exploring in a weird kind of way uh, in some rental car. Mm. Uh, and this was in the fall when I was doing it. So the weather wasn't the best. And people just like, how did you end up here? You know, kind of thing. So, and I mean, of course, that's not a question anymore. But 2009, 2010, I mean, I was staying in, uh, the first place I stayed in was Hotel Boother mm. in Snifelessness. And I was literally the only one there. Well... I remember when we first came to Iceland, our first visit was 1998, and we drove around Route 1, mm -hmm. didn't go to the Westfjords at that point, so you know, avoided, well, didn't avoid, but we weren't in that part of the country, just on Route 1. We went to the Westfjords a few years ago, and it felt more like Iceland had done in 1998. There is still a sense there. Obviously, it's developed so much more than it was, but it, it does feel more like Iceland used to, I think, still. Yeah, yeah, and I mean... I think what's uh, what I always found interesting about Iceland, and like to your original question, and like what drew me here is, mm. I remember taking walks uh, in both places and and realizing that you know where I was walking, there was something about that that in this in the world we live in now, you know, there's not too many places that you go, huh? I wonder if anyone's ever stood here before. And to me, that always drew that. I think that was like the biggest thing to me because, you know, I come from a place and, you know, grew, grew up in, you know, close to the sea and, and uh, but also like in the, in the countryside, it's a little country town. And, but, you know, my family has a cabin in the mountains and the sequoias. So I've, I've, I've been around every type of nature in a sense. And, you know, I love uh, the redwoods, but I also love being at the beach. Mm. But there was something about Iceland where it was complete, the complete opposite of where I'm from, you know, a desaturated version, mm. um, but complete isolation in a way. The wind moves differently here. And, and, and I think for at that time, you know, I, I was young and young. I, 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 I think I'm still young. Maybe not. You know, I'm 39. But, you know, at that time, you know, I, I think about how how I, I did see the world differently because quite selfishly also, because I didn't have children and a family yet. And, you know, being on my own, not having a, not having a schedule, not having really any responsibilities, um, and could lose myself, mm -hmm. uh, out in the wild in a way. And this was before Instagram really, yeah, you know, yeah. so I wasn't, I wasn't, whatever I was documenting was for myself, whether it be on Polaroids or film and, or making, you know, turning those into, uh, installation pieces. And so, yeah, it was, it was quite interesting to, that's what drew me here. And then of course, after a few trips, then I ended up in the big city in Reykjavik. <laughs> and uh, it's funny to think of it like that. But, you know, I remember being coming back from the Westfjords and going, oh, look, there's a stoplight. <laughs> yeah, there's a roundabout. Yeah, Actually, there is one in Isafjord. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, and then, uh, of course, um, 
like I said, I was uh, I was in an interesting juncture of my life. You know, I was either I was either gonna stay working for Apple, uh, make a lot of money, have a really good position, probably retire really nicely, <laughs> and uh, and have a have a nice place in San Francisco, and 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 probably be content. But there was something in my heart that said, ah, I need to I need to. There's something missing, yeah. and I I I turned down the job in London, which I'm really thankful that I did that because, I, I yeah I would have I would have probably burnt out and never anything that's happened in my life the last you know twelve thirteen years would have never happened. Tell me what has happened in your life in the last yeah. twelve or thirteen <laughs> years because we've mentioned Ir, who is your wife, of course, with whom you curate this space and your family as well. How did that part of yeah. your life? emerged how did she enter the picture yeah like i told you before that's kind of i wish i wish we had this uh you know love story that could be put on film in the sense of like they could cast you know ryan gosling or something for it and you know (laughs) but uh but no it's i think like many others around that time uh this was yeah this was 2000 this 2010 I think uh, you know, being in Coffee Baden and uh, and being newly single and not looking for a relationship—that's when love finds you. So, uh, yeah, it just ended up. Uh, I think. Well, I know. I know. Ear, my wife. She she always says this that she probably she thought she would never see me again. You know, this this was just a this was just a, a one night thing and. And then she never got rid of me. <laughs> so yeah, so that's and now we have a, now we have chickens, a, a cute dog. Yeah. I, I drive a Volvo, so I'm like a modern uh, Scandinavian dad, you know, with the with the white picket fence, living in Hopnefitter. Well, it's a it's a beautiful space that we're in. We are, and we'll we'll talk about all the different bits to this. But we are in the shed at the moment, and this is the space where all kinds of items are on sale. And we said at the start of the conversation that you can see and feel the. The, the influence of the, the Californian side of things from you and, and the Icelandic part from your wife, Ir, as well. So tell me about this building that we're in right now, yeah. because it's at the back of your house. I'm delighted as a Christmas obsessive mm-hmm. to see that the Christmas tree is still up as we sit here on the 1st of February. <laughs> there are Christmas trees out in the garden. And I can see Santa over there, an inflatable Santa. You've got a grotto to the right of that. There are still Christmas lights up and indeed Christmas trees growing in the garden as well. So I feel very at home here. But let's start with why why you still have all the Christmas stuff yeah, up. Yeah, and so there's no blame attached or no, judgment, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's, 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 I guess even, you know, on your news station, they've referred to me as uh, the Clark Griswold or the, you know, the the Christmas elf of Iceland. So a few years ago, you know, I, I I didn't come from a from a from a family that went all in for Christmas. You know, we did the, the it it was uh, it, it, let's just put it this way. I think when people come to our property now, they just think that I'm some crazy American who, you know, <laughs> but in a tasteful way. You know, there's no there's no colored lights on or or yeah in the on the property, but. Um, Basically, I think it all stems back to the the video installation and kind of curating spaces. That's that's what I've loved doing. So I always tell tell um, when they do interviews and stuff. I think I in a past life I probably worked for Disneyland. Yeah. And this is kind of sense. this is the toned down version. You know, you, you're seeing it in February, but uh, in in you know I 
there's only two like holidays that I go all out for. And that's Halloween and Christmas. And obviously Halloween wasn't a thing until maybe I, I started and uh, started making it a thing in Iceland. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we have this kind of haunted garden that we do for the whole, whole all of Iceland to come and visit. And, and Christmas becomes quite big. And, and la a few years ago, they, the town was uh, had talked about tearing down this tree. It's one of the biggest trees in town. And, and uh, I just went up in a lift and... Uh, decorated it myself and, and saved the tree and, and uh, made the biggest Christmas tree in Iceland. So that was, that was kind of a, that was, that was a, a thing to do. <laughs> it's a huge tree. And I think, yeah. um, I mean, are your neighbors happy that you saved it? Presumably they are. Yeah. And I think this, this actually, you know, this was one of those things where, you know, uh, there's an old line from, you know, Field of Dreams. Like if you build it, they will come. Yeah. So it was one of those things I told my neighbors, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make that a Christmas tree. And they all just kind of laughed at me like, you're not going up 25 meters. And, <laughs> and of course the amount of it money. Big, yeah. It? Yeah. It's pretty yeah. big and it's a beautiful tree, but you know, this was, uh, it, it, it was nice because then the town got on board and, 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 uh, you know, I was, I was given a grant to, to do more. And, and now we've kind of created this space that was like this free you know, like a, they call it free land, you know, it's like a, it's like a space that there was nothing ever there before we bought the house. It was just basically a dump site mm. and I've turned it into a kind of a communal uh, green space. And, and luckily the town has like let us, you know, uh, we, we've, we've given the permission to, to do stuff there. And, and I'm hoping to, you know, eventually just own this land because they can't build anything on it. And, and we've had concerts and, and different gatherings there and, um, yeah, and so I think it's just, it's one of those things that I've learned living here is that mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to do stuff. Like, you know, I did all this in the middle of winter, not caring if it was snowing or my fingers were frozen. And it's just, uh, I think people respect that and they see that and, and, and yeah, that made me feel good. But again, it goes back to that sense that in Iceland, everyone does everything. But, you know, I certainly respond very positively to the idea that you might not want to be confined by a particular activity in life. You might want to try a hand yeah. at two or three or four or five different things. And that tends to become obvious in the creative field, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And you've done a lot of very creative stuff here. I think it's fair to say. As I said, we're sitting here at the start of February. The Christmas decorations are still up. And there is actually a reason yeah. <laughs> other than your love of Christmas. There's a reason for that, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So so actually, um, there's a there's a TV show that my friend is on, uh, Gunnig Islason, and he's a, a chef of dill. And they have a TV show called Vaislan. And um, they were filming it for, for it's going to premiere next Christmas. And we wanted to wait until there was an ample amount of snow. And so they called me in the end of December and said, hey, you know, the weather's pretty bad. And you, like uh, good news going away. And, and do you think we can film it in January? And so I said, yeah, of course. And, and so we ended up doing that. And so I had to kind of uh, but it's OK because I like Christmas and luckily yeah, yeah. the tree is still green. But <laughs> but the, the, the reason was, is, you know, sometimes when you try to do this stuff in Iceland in October, November for the for Christmas, you just don't have it, it's not very wintry yet you know so so basically um that's that's the reason we're here <laughs> what is your secret with the tree because it's dropped about four needles i think and we're in february i've seen christmas trees that aren't in this sort of condition at the start of yeah. december yeah so well as you can see so you don't know this but and i know when the people who live in hopnifer they know what my house looked like before we bought it okay. and um there wasn't 
it was only like lava rocks and dirt, basically bad dirt. Mm. And so I pl I've planted every tree here except for this Christmas tree. Yeah. So every tree and flower. So so I guess I could add that to my CV that I have you know really yeah, green yeah. thumbs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's just uh, it's one of these things that I've been able to to pull off, I guess, by because I I didn't tell you this before, but uh, I always wanted to live in the countryside. I, I am like a country boy at heart. And, but my wife was like, she's from Hopnifuter, and she was like, no, we, we can't raise a family in Snifelessness, you know. <laughs> Maybe one day have a summer house, you know, yeah, out, yeah. out there. But, but, you know, once we started having kids, we realized, yeah, probably not the easiest to like raise a family out in the middle of nowhere. We're already in Iceland, you know. So, so when we found this place, I actually saw, there, the, you know, the, the garden was, wasn't really a garden. And I was able to um, basically just make my own forest and, and, um, and hopefully, and I mean, you can see now it's, it's, uh, this is only a few years old and it's, as, it's, as every year grows, it grows. I, I planted it, you know, the same time as my kids were born. Mm -hmm. So actually, you know, in 20 years, uh, when, I'm, when these trees are huge and overgrown, uh, at least I have them to help me take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been planning ahead then by the yeah, sounds of it. Yeah. As a new Icelander, as someone who has come from California, do you want to just compare the two experiences? You talked about coming from a fairly small town, a coastal town. I think that is obviously still evident in your love for yeah. what's around you in Iceland and what attracted you in Iceland. But how different an existence do you find it, moving from California to Iceland? all the stuff that you love about Iceland notwithstanding, what were the difficulties? Yeah, so, I mean, it is quite funny because people, especially after, uh, I won't get too political, but after, uh, after a certain man became president, people were, wow, how clever of you to have moved to Iceland. Mm. Before that, it was like, why the hell did you move to Iceland? Mm. You know, and, 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 you know, transversely, 10 years ago, people, not a lot of people in 2000, let's say 12 even, you know, I think the tourism was starting a little bit, but I remember when I first came here, people from my little hometown didn't even know where Iceland was. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I think, you know, uh, to put it into perspective, like where I'm from, it, it is really similar to the size of Hapnafjörður. So that's probably why I feel so at home here. Yeah. Uh, we, we lived in Reykjavik before, and, um, and then we, just we were living downtown, and it was great. You know, you could walk everywhere. But it was right around the time that tourism was really starting to pick up. So I remember, you know, not being able to find parking in front of my place. And, and then we realized, okay, we, have, we're having, we had our Mia, our daughter, uh, you know, like we couldn't really, we, we just, there were certain things about being downtown that just didn't feel the same as when we first were there mm -hmm. a few years, you know, previous. So, so we, we were looking for houses and, and I mean, also at the time, thank God, you know, uh, houses were cost, cost less than they do now. And, yeah. and I wanted, uh, you know, I, where I grew up, you know, thankfully, you know, of course houses are different in California and, and our, my family home was quite larger than compared to normal and yeah. and uh but you know so so but i also didn't mind having a small place i just wanted a garden and i wanted a place that i could you know not not hear a lot of noises and and be you know i, wa I wanted to be close to the sea but i also wanted to be close to nature somehow and <laughs> i mean literally uh the front of our house we overlook the sea and the back of our house is uh, hamar which is like this beautiful beautiful little mountain in, 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 in Hapnifjörður. 
Hapnafjörður is a wonderful place. And I know people, I have friends who have moved to Hapnafjörður and absolutely rave about it. And you spend 10, 15 minutes here and you can see why it is in such a beautiful location. And there's a, there's a very great deal going on here. I guess one of the changes that would be obvious to you coming from California to Iceland, for example, not having to worry about air conditioning bills. <laughs> um, on, the, on the face of it, some people might say, well, that's an obvious change in the weather. Yeah. But did the Icelandic climate, was that one of the things that appealed to you anyway? Yeah, so, <laughs> so being Italian and Mexican, uh, I can get tan in about three minutes. Whereas my wife, she's, you know, Icelandic, redhead. She, uh, she doesn't like the heat as much as I do. And uh, so, so, you know, it's, I, I will say this. The, the first few years that I was living here, come around this time of the year, January, February, I always ended up finding a flight back to California for a few <laughs> weeks just to get the vitamin D and the sunlight and just kind of, you know, feel that life again. Um, but, you know, then I've learned over the years that, you know, the weather, you know, it's, it's natural for the body to kind of hibernate and kind of, you know, you kind of take it easy for a month after Christmas. And, you know, then you just kind of, you re, you, uh, you know, what's the right word? You refresh or, you know, you kind of rejuvenate yourself. And, and for me, um, you know, I had to kind of teach myself that and, and that, you know, you can't sleep in till, till noon every day, especially when you have kids. And, and even though it's dark in the winter months, you know, you, you still got to get stuff done. And so that, that was kind of a learning thing for me as well. But, you know, I think uh, the biggest challenge for me in the beginning was like being from, not just from California, but from the States is, you know, obviously a lot more things are accessible, right? And so for people moving here, and I, I've had a lot of friends who from the States, mm. uh, you know, they're, they're also artists and they were like, hey, you did it, I can do it. And I always like, you know, you know, cheer them on. But then I realized, oh, let's just put it this way. None of them have ever lasted. You know, they last for two months in the winter and then they're gone. So, so they, they realize that Iceland isn't just Bjork and like, you know, waterfalls and fairy tales and stuff. So, uh, you know, living downtown with no car in the middle of like, you know, and when it's, when there's crazy storms and stuff and, or they tried to do stuff in government offices and they realize that like, you know, talking to someone's impossible or trying to figure things out, you know, so, so, I will say this, though. I think, you know, coming from the States and, and seeing the best, like seeing both, you know, obviously America is so much bigger. And, and you know, you, it's hard to compare things with because people are always saying, oh, isn't it too expensive to be there? And I said, dude, you live in like San Francisco or you live in New York, <laughs> you know. A cup of coffee here is the same amount of money, and or like it's it's always a bit funny when people come and they go, oh my god, that 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 milk is like three dollars, and I say you you go to Whole Foods and spend seven dollars for a thing of milk, yeah, yeah, like yeah. what are you complaining about? <laughs> or or they oh my gosh that burger is twenty dollars, yeah, but you just you just tip someone and paid like yeah, different you know yeah, yeah, you know yeah. three different types of taxes so you know I, I think um and also too what people have to realize we're on an island you know so so a lot of my friends who 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 are chefs i've 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 been quite clever and found some of my best friends become you know they're chefs mm -hmm. so it's great for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially because they're like the best chefs in iceland so yeah. so i've 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 learned one trick to a good life you know <laughs> but you know i i i start to um 
you know, I think also being involved in, 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 in the restaurants or being, you know, with the design and seeing how things work and function. And I realized that like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. Um, it, it's not easy to, to start something of your own here. I mean, it is easy when, if you, if you find the right people and, and you have a, a goal or, or dream to do something, you can actually do it. Of course, it's going to cost you. And, you know, obviously there's ways to do it and ways not to do it. And I've been lucky enough to find the ways to do it um, just by like holding on. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't over, I don't over, overstep my means, which I think a lot, that's the biggest mistake that happens here um, by taking too many loans out or by doing stuff like that. But what, what I've, what I felt um, compared to America, you know, where you can go to Home Depot and just, you know, buy anything you want or, or shop on Amazon and have it there in three yeah. hours, you know, you can't do that here. So you have to be quite clever. And, uh, and so that whole DIY thing that, you know, that, that term that was, came about 10, 15 years ago, it was always funny that that was never a term here. No. You know, it no. just was, yeah. you know. Yeah. You were talking about what friends of yours had made of Iceland or people who'd come here and maybe not lasted. I often say to people, Iceland is magical. But it's not literally magical. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a real place where the real rules of the world yeah. still apply. Yeah. And I guess like anywhere, if someone is seduced by a place, but they don't think through the logistical requirements of being in that place, yeah. they're going to come unstuck, aren't they? Yeah. I, I've, I've heard, uh, you know, it's always interesting from, from when I hear, you know, when the certain systems are, are maybe talked negative, negatively about, you know, whether it be the hospital system or the school system. And, and I always, you know, I have to always, uh, of course, things in our government and things in the, in the systems can, can always be better and they should be better. But, you know, I, I come from a place where, you know, uh, if you don't have insurance and you have a baby, you know, you're, you're getting a bill when you leave the hospital for like 20 grand or, you know, you, you, you get hurt or get in a car accident and you have to go in an ambulance and you, and, uh, the only thing you're thinking about is how much is this going to yeah. cost? So, you know, uh, uh, maybe I see it in a different light and also too, like my, my wife, uh, during COVID, she decided that she, she wanted to, uh, get her master's and, 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 and teach, uh, and, and teach. And so it was quite, great because she's amazing at it and every now and then we talk about how teachers are treated in places like america mm -hmm. where they literally have to pay for their markers and things for their classroom and i'm thinking oh my god you know so so i'm always a bit like i, I have to step back because of course teachers need to get paid more here and obviously there's a shortage of them and uh but then i'm thinking well thank god they don't have to like you know, they don't have to pay for the seats that the, <laughs> the kids are sitting on and stuff. So, you know, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there, but there's also something, uh, like I said, when, when, especially for people who are like maybe just moving here that aren't like me, that aren't, you know, married to an Icelander or haven't been here for, yeah, when I say, I mean, I guess it's now it's 2023. So, yeah. so I've been here for, yeah, I, I mean, lived here for 13 years, you know, came 14 years ago. I think, How Icelandic do you feel? You know, it's funny. Is uh, when I when I leave Iceland, because pe people they they I don't look Icelandic, and that's that's always been an interesting thing. Because when I when I go back to America, people are like, 
yeah, you've changed. Hmm. And I don't know if it's the, vo you know, maybe it's the vocal inflection or something. Maybe I've had to slow down my, my speech or, you know, it's the way that I, you know, uh, maybe it's the, my fashion or I don't know what it is. But I, I definitely know people know here, they, 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 they know that I can uh, speak some Icelandic and that I understand Icelandic. And, you know, I, I have an Icelandic way of thinking um, but it is, it is interesting. Like when I, I, I have to go to Copenhagen a lot for, for certain projects and, and, uh, definitely people don't think I'm American. That's the, that's always the funny thing where I was like, you know, I, I love, I love the States. I am a, you know, a, a patriot, you know, in the sense of like, I love what, um, uh, being from America, but at the same time I was a bit, I don't want to say I'm a, I was, uh, I was saddened, but I, there is some aspects that I'm like. Yeah, like I like I I sadly don't fly the American flag as much as I used to, you know. Like I I felt kind of I, not that I felt bad being from there, but there was always this it, it became a different sort of like if you flew an American flag on 4th of July in Iceland, you felt kind of like a jerk. Mm. And and I didn't at least that, that my opinion. And, and I didn't want that to represent. And if you have more than one nationality as as I do, absolutely delighted and honored that my second identity is Icelandic yeah. and I have an Icelandic citizenship, then inevitably at some point you're going to wonder if one is more important than the other. I suppose that's just inevitable, isn't it? You know, in a, in a way, like for example, my, my, both my kids, they have dual citizenship and my, you know, me coming, uh, you know, my, my name, Bacigalupo, uh, is Italian. And, uh, but my, my grandmother, she was from Mexico. And, mm -hmm. and so my kids have been to Mexico with me and, and we've traveled there a few times. And it's, it's also interesting to, you know, not until, maybe not until recently, there wasn't a lot of different nationalities in Iceland. And so, uh, I feel really, I guess, uh, blessed that, that my, my children have grown up seeing different parts of the world already. Because I think before, you know, and I mean, I'll just not to generalize, but I think, I think uh, 20, 30 years ago, there, there wasn't a lot of uh, different skin colors in Iceland. And so I think that's changed and as well. And I think that's great, you know, and, and people who I always find it interesting because, you know, I know that it's not an easy place to, to move to and start a, start a home and, and uh, of course it's small and it's, you know, everyone knows everyone in a sense, but, you know, I think um, like uh, I always respect people who are trying to make a new life, whether they're forced to be here or, you know, like in terms of, you know, getting out of a, of a horrible situation or, or they choose to, or they, you know, have a partner that's Icelandic and they say, okay, let's move to Iceland. I think, you know, I always, I felt really amazing to, uh, to be able to raise my family here like because I, I we've we've talked about you know moving back to the states and i i actually think that uh you know that topic hasn't been spoken of in the last well definitely since covid mm -hmm. and um and you know and and i don't regret it at all you know i, I think living here and, and 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 raising a family here is is quite special um but of course you know uh the grass is always greener. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, it's covered in snow at the moment, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But I'll, I'll take your word for it. Anthony, I feel we could talk all day, but we are pushed for time. We're coming towards the end of our conversation. I just want to uh, you know, briefly reflect on the room that we're in. This is the shed, and this is where 
Well, I mean, is this your artwork? Do you make or do you curate the yeah. items on sale here? Yeah, yeah. So, so the shed basically was, uh, you know, it, it it all started by, it was an old uh, garage or bilskur, you know, like a car shed. Mm. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to um, glorify it too much and change the name of. So I just called it the shed, and um, and basically, yeah. So it's 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 three different spaces in this tiny thirty square meter spot. Where we're sitting is basically where we have our design meetings and so forth when I'm working on hotels or restaurants and stuff for my design projects. And then in the middle of the space is is pieces that we've made by hand and also um, pieces that either I've used in design projects that other small designers from Mexico, uh, California, uh, Germany, different, different friends that we've had or different people that we've met. But everything in here is handmade. Uh, and usually comes from either smaller workshops or family, like family companies. And then in the back of the space is actually where my wife and I uh, make make pieces. Okay. And um, so, so you know, she actually studied how to be like a seamstress, and uh, and I'm horrible at that. So, and to be honest, she's the one who gets most of the work done. I'm like, I, if I come up with an idea. She's usually the one that actually <laughs> implements it, so it has to pull me back down. So, so a lot of the credit goes to her, you know, for actually actually creating the pieces. But, yeah, but I mean, and, and it's also the shed has become, you know, since I'm involved in like film and TV, you know, we've used the space actually for. It's always hilarious when when uh, you know a casting director calls me and says, you know, hey, um, so they want you for this commercial. Can we also use the shed, <laughs> or can we also use your house? And I'm like, is it a package deal? So I, I don't know how many you know TV shows or commercials that I've been in that have yeah. just been like, oh, we're also gonna use your space, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and like use your clothing. I'm like, okay, so that's actually pretty fun. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and then and then outside, you know, for the for the spring and the summer, we're gonna do more of it. But it's um, you know, we 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 have like a. We're going to have these like coffee gatherings with with music and stuff. So I'm trying to create a space that isn't downtown that people can come to in our garden, basically, which is obviously kind of rare. Mm. Usually people aren't asking you to come into their garden and hang out. And, you know, so so the shop thing is the shop is it is what it is. It's a tiny shop, but it's more of a of a gathering space for yeah. people just to hang out, yeah. talk, read, have good coffee. Yeah, and from it, a wonderful view of the grounds with the trees outside, and we mentioned Santa's Grotto and, and the various other bits that you've constructed as well. So it'll be interesting to see this develop over the years. We roll into next Christmas. Anthony, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a, a, a real pleasure, and thank you for being my new Icelander on the Roof English podcast today. You can get in touch with the podcast anytime. We are at english at ruv.is. You're listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.